It's the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast that talks about the best parts of hotels. You can check that out in last week's episode. We're back. Another episode. It's Taylor Smythe, Banks, RDT. Guys, great to see you as we talk another week of Baltimore sports. I do think we have to open with this quickly. The Domino's uh, sugar situation today was terrifying when I saw that on Twitter. Uh, that is not a symbol Baltimore needs burning. Keep that thing, keep that thing together. Um, so just, I just, I, that is the most notable thing I think that's happened in Baltimore over the last couple of days. That was crazy. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. Uh, I think the one upside that we have right now is that they actually have the sign down for maintenance yes. purposes. They were going to redo the sign or something. So we don't have this lasting image of the Domino sugar sign and it just going up in flames. And that would have been a, a real bad look of the entire thing went down. Um, just like kind of melted off of that building with the way that the, the I mean, it was a huge fire. There's smoke. I mean, there were videos of like debris or something landing over at Harbor East on the other side of the water. So it was wild, wild. Yeah, I was I like the like you said, the pictures and videos look crazy. The the thick dark smoke and like he said it was filling the inner harbor and and that that was, that's what I thought of too was like there's going to be this lasting image of like the iconic Domino sugar sign and just flames behind it. And people are going to use that for every Orioles, you know, every blowout they're going to, they're going to use it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy to kind of watch it develop. And I don't think anyone got hurt, which is kind of a best case scenario. I know like people, it was actually, I think it was in like a, it was almost like a dome type place where they keep like all the sugar and all the flour and stuff. I think they were saying, but um, the, the pictures of the dome when it was like intact and, and fully up or like it's, it's massive. So I could only imagine how big the fire was, but yeah, the pictures and videos and Justin Fenton, a couple other people were, uh, were tweeting them out and it was, it was an interesting part of the day for sure. You remember before the playoff game last year, maybe, maybe it was just not even before we did this podcast, the, uh, the salt mounds or whatever mm-hmm. along 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put big trust on it. How perplexed I am. I'm fascinated by how it's supposed to be just sand or ro- like rock salt or something. And it just, it just stays in place. Like how much sense does that make? It makes zero sense whatsoever. I you think- and I have talked about that being like, I want to talk to that person. Like, yeah, I remember. Well, I so many questions about about on the show. Let's get him on the show. That's okay. You're right. We should, we should do that. Just try to get, a little bit inside baseball and how the hell this stuff stays there. But I would love to go sledding down that one of those. We do talk, we how much do speed talk, you would get. Like, yeah, um, we do talk salt mounds every week on our other podcast today in salt mounds. So you can check that out. That's like sure. three hours of nice detail. Plug. detail plug there, Taylor. Not, yeah. Look, you gotta, you got, we plug X 52 obviously on that podcast. Want to return the favor. It's you true. and Mike Rowe, correct? Is that the yeah. dirty jobs guy or whatever? Yeah, dirty jobs. Yeah, Baltimore. He's a Baltimore guy too. Shout out, Mike. Baltimore guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but those those big mounds of salt or whatever. I guess it's the same just inside that bubble. It's just giant mounds of sugar. But I guess sugar is liable to blow all over the place. Which, if like the roof got blown off off of that thing, like this town could have been just absolutely raining sugar. It could have been <laughs> unbelievable. Does. Like also, like did did the sugar cook kind of? Like I think it, it may have caramelized over. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, 
it's it's many a many situation. Questions, many questions. I'll, I'll text our my buddy Rick Ritter and I'll get I'll get the 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 DL. He had the best video that I saw. I yeah, the video his video got picked up by like that breaking nine one one and all that. Yeah, and all that was a lot So Rick Rick's the we have to get Rick on the podcast. Yeah, it's over. Rick would actually. be great on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. We'll, we'll there's multiple people that we get. We'll, let's get Mike Rowe on. I would yeah. love to, Mike. If you're listening, I know you are. Yeah, Mike, if you're listening every every single time. Uh, yeah, so that 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 had to be addressed right off the top because that is, as you said, thankfully the sign's not up there. That thing, the whole thing's getting redone. And aren't they making the sign virtual? Like it's not going to be. Ma- no, they're they're using LEDs, so they're just changing. That's what I meant. Changing they're changing the lights course. on it, which will be more sustainable. It'll be more environmentally environmentally friendly. Excuse me. You know how big things. that that sign is, like the the actual size of it. I remember we took a tour of like the Inner Harbor, and they told us it's it's the size of a basketball court. Yeah. Good yeah. God. Like, yeah, like you don't it's think so it's that big, but it's it's massive, massive sign. Yeah. And that was talking so, signs. That was talking signs. You can listen uh, to more on our other podcast, another <laughs> broadcast, uh, talking about signs today. That is my signs one hundred and one. Not that I don't like you guys, but oh man, is that a good podcast? <laughs> um, well, now we can talk about Ravens on the X fifty two podcast, uh, the current one that we're on. Uh, obviously, a week out from the draft. You know, that is going to elicit a lot of a lot of talk about a lot of different things, potential picks, who's visiting, you know, what's the movement at the top of the draft? How does that affect the rest? You know, you can sort of, <laughs> I think, check out, you know, for your general draft needs. There's a lot of different uh, places to get information from a Raven standpoint. I think it comes down to, to where they want to fulfill their needs. And, and we saw the you know, what they call it, the liars luncheon uh, press availability banks, any takeaways for you from your guy when your guy edc speaks you listen uh what'd you get from the uh the head of the uh head of the organization there? i sure do i think the thing that most people took away from it was the 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 fact that he is offended he's insulted when people say that the the ravens don't have wide receivers um i don't know what the I don't know if I nailed that quote exactly, but the gist being that like, Hey man, we, we've drafted these guys, Boykins and, and um, Duvernay and obviously Hollywood. And uh, to say that those guys aren't capable, like he personally gets offended when people say that. I've got the quote for you. We have some really good young receivers. It's insulting to these guys when they hear that we don't have any receivers. It's quite insulting. I'm insulted by it too, to be honest. Okay, so he is – I can understand that sentiment. At the same time, maybe they shouldn't be insulted because maybe they should be performing better. How about that? Now, I've generally taken the stance that the wide receiver position, time and time again, is not as important to us as an offense as every other offense in the league. So the dire need for a wide receiver is not as dire as everyone makes it out to be. It's, all, it's, it's overblown. But – I think that he needs to not be so sensitive, I guess. And I think that those guys, I think they know what their, their role is and what they have and haven't accomplished. And, um, you know, those guys are young and they still have time to develop and we'd like to see Duvernay step up and we'd like to see Boykin, I don't know, finally break through because we've had some fairly high expectations for him over the last two years. And I thought some people thought that last year was going to be the year that Boykins really broke through and he didn't. So, um, I don't know. Like, it's just really not much to say other than like, if you don't want to feel insulted by something, go do better. I mean, that's, that's all there really is to it. So 
Yeah, I mean, the the unfortunately, we I I don't think any any medium uh, of Baltimore media maybe praises Eric DaCosta more than this podcast. But like you said, you look at the history of the receivers drafted by the team. You know, Torrey Smith is the only one within a thousand yard season of the thirty one receivers. Drafted and by the he Ravens. barely I mean, that's passed a pre- that threshold. He barely passed it. And, and, and Torrey was a productive receiver on a Super Bowl team and, and, and had a very good career. We love Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there's a lot of depth behind him um, from receivers that weren't brought into the organization from the outside. Now, that's fine. If you, don't, if you don't draft receivers well, find other ways to get them. Like you, you bring in Sammy Watkins or whatever. But don't, especially when you're like very praised for how well the Ravens do in the draft, that is not something that goes unnoticed. It's not as if Eric DeCosta is getting a lot of public venom on a lot of fronts. He's mostly getting a lot of public praise, especially from this show. Uh, you can kind of maybe just take the L on that one. Now, if he's going out there publicly defending his guys to motivate them, I don't mind that piece of that piece of it. Um, I think there's probably something to that. Like, hey guys, like I'm gonna come out here and just you know stick my you know sword in the ground about the receivers we have on this team. And hey Hollywood and Devin and Miles and James, like. Go out there and prove it for me. Like right. go out there and prove it for me. I put my name on the line for you guys. I defended you, especially when you know we talked about the potential discontent with Hollywood and the organization and how he's used. I mean, that was his general manager going out there and being like, "No, screw everybody. I believe in the guys we have in our locker room." Pretty defiantly, like not wishy washy. That was a defiant. Yeah. That was a very fine Eric DaCosta. Um, so you have to think those guys heard that and, and hopefully they can produce. Um, I do yeah. think the Ravens were obviously in this draft whether it's in the first round or, or sometime later everyone wants terrence marshall patrick queen wants terrence marshall i kind of want terrence marshall um rashad bateman from minnesota is pretty good too i know that those are the two guys i think were discussed a little bit um in the yeah. press conference it's um the thing that's interesting and then kind of doesn't fly in line with exactly what he said is the fact that they have gone out and they have trying to throw money at some of these receivers not saying big money but they've tried to pursue and and woo Juju and they've tried to woo um, uh, big time brain fart Colts T.Y. Hilton and um, <laughs> they went out and got Sammy Watkins so like yeah it's it's interesting and I think that you may have struck a chord there where he may not be as much saying these things because he feels them really strongly but he may be saying them as a way to motivate these guys and say, hey, here's a vote of confidence. Here's the situation at hand. We may or may not go get another wide receiver. Um, and if it comes to that, and these are the guys that we have to depend on, like we believe in you to go out and perform and get a job done. And I'm putting my name to it, just like you said. Um, and hopefully that they're able to pull through. So uh, one of those things is yet to be seen. But uh, the wide receiver thing is the touchiest subject going here in Baltimore. People freaked out for weeks on end when free agency started and we didn't go after big names for the receiver position. I'm here again to say, relax. Like it's just, it's not as big a deal as everyone makes it out to be. Of course we want to be better at the position. I'm hoping that we get a little better position through the draft. And if we don't, we're going to roll with what we got. This offense is all about Lamar Jackson, what he can do on the ground and what, you know, Mark Andrews, the tight ends and then what we can pick up as in a, you know, by way of the threat that he brings on the ground. So, um, you know, it's, we're just going to roll with the punches on that. The other thing that I really, I took away and I don't know how many other people took it away, but this was kind of where my, you know, one of my 
it's almost like an organizational philosophy thing. I talk about these a lot. I just really love the way that the Ravens have philosophies that they stick by. And he, he had a quote that they, they weren't just talking about how many players they wanted in this draft. They were looking to target, hey, we want to get 20 players in the next few drafts. They're looking to build pipelines. They're looking beyond the, the month in front of them and who they're going to take with their seven picks. They're looking at, hey, we've got a, you know, a, a quarterback that is going to need a, a long-term deal, an extension at some point. How do we fit in kind of our inflow, outflow of both cash and personnel player-wise over the next two, three, four years? He wants 20 players in the next two seasons to come through the draft. So it just was a little bit of a peek into just how much the Ravens value their, their long-term future planning. They don't sacrifice the, the short-term for the long-term when it, it's not the right situation to do so. So um, there's only a handful of times throughout the year that you get Eric DaCosta in front of a microphone talking about these things. And every time he does, I'm always fascinated by these little um, peeks behind the curtain in terms of what's going on in his head and what he's doing and um, the way the organization is going to operate. Yeah, I think that that's a that's an interesting insight, and especially listening to you know talk about their draft board and things like that. You know, he he obviously is, is an organization that plans years in advance. But when you look specifically at a singular draft, I think one of the interesting parts about analyzing the draft is there's so much conjecture that goes on amongst football fans, amongst football media about who are the top, you know, 50 guys in the draft, you know, who are the guys who picked in the first round, which I think most football fans are kind of in tune with if they really love the NFL, but that's not how any of these teams operate. They all have their own boards. So what's going on in, in the noise, you know, isn't necessarily what teams think, which is not, you know, some revolutionary thing, but you know, there could be the five guys on the board that everyone thinks the Ravens should take based on mock draft after mock draft. And RBT, you were joking earlier, you know, everybody with 10 Twitter followers has a mock draft. And that builds the opinion of who the Ravens should take or who any team should take or who you're fans of. And that just might not be how the Ravens have it ordered. So, you're, you know, Eric DeCasse is getting, you know, asked about players, whoever. We could get to the Ravens pick and they could have someone on top of the board that no one thought they were going to pick. And then they pick them and then people are either upset or, or, or thrilled by how brilliant EDC is. It's just an interesting net. The draft is an interesting concept and narrative. I, I always find when, when you go into it and, and how teams, you know, stick to what they want to do or almost given the pressure of what everyone wants them to do. And I think the Ravens do a great job kind of sticking to they, what they want to do. The other thing, uh, other couple of things that you talked about, gave a classic non-updated on the Lamar Jackson extension. That thing's going to happen. I don't even know why that gets talked about every single time. They're going to extend them. They built the entire team around him. They're going to pay him whatever he wants. Uh, the Orlando Brown news, no, we've talked about this a thousand times. So go back to earlier podcasts right after the Ravens season and all that news broke. You want to get our sort of full opinion about that. They can flush out. There's not a ton of new news on that, except for Ian Rappaport's report that the, the Ravens are going to schedule a visit with Alejandro Villanueva. Ravens fans should know him left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 32 years old, opening up possibility that the Ravens are looking at veteran options to bring in a tackle to potentially shop a guy like Orlando Brown. Now, with that said, you'd also bring in Alejandro Villanueva because you don't know when Ronnie Stanley is necessarily coming back or being at full strength. And he is a left tackle. So that's the other thing to think about. It will be jumped on as a Brown replacement, but there's also some Ronnie Stanley insurance that needs to happen for the Ravens. Um, Brown has not said anything lately. Um, and I think 
this is something that can theoretically get fleshed flesh out on draft night if they're able to get the right offer, but I think it will continue to drag. Yeah. How is going away of only 32 as well? I he yeah, I feel like he's been around for two decades. I, I don't know if you knew, Eric. Alejandro Villanueva in the military. No. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no way. Yep. I don't serve. I feel like we would have heard that. Uh, he did. I've They've never mentioned that. You knew that, right? You knew that. It's crazy. What? Yes. My are we mind. About the same Alejandro yes. Villanueva? Yes, we are. Guy, guy is in, guy is in I'll do some digging, but I'll do yep. some digging. I don't believe it, though. Jerome Bettis also from Detroit. If you guys oh, my God. Well, oh, just shit. talking a couple of their Steelers things. And Le'Veon Bell, very patient when he runs a football. <laughs> so just a couple of other, you know, takes and things. But Villanueva you, would be a nice veteran replacement. I mean, he's played good football for a long time. Jimmy Graham played basketball. No, he did not. He did not. Um, is that what? He sure did. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go look up his. Uh, where did he play? And you're never gonna get this. Antonio Gates too. No. Next thing no. you're gonna tell me is his son plays football and basketball too. No. Mm. Anyway, does Frank Gore? Does Frank Gore have a son? Does he play football? Huge balls on Frank oh, Gore. Boy. Too. Huge balls on that guy. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Um. Yeah. The uh, the Villanueva thing. DJ Fluker walked and he signed with Miami this week. So this was always going to be something they needed to fix anyways. So I, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to read into like, Oh shit. Like they've got, you know, a trade in the crosshairs. Like they're going to bring him in, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, maybe not. I I really don't know. But there, there is one thing that I do know. It's that the, the prognosis, not necessarily on the rehab or anything, but from the jump on Roddy Stanley's injury was, was really bad to be honest. Like, so this is definitely a thing, um, a situation where you're going to want an insurance policy, which is part of what, you know, one of the many layers of the Orlando Brown situation, but they were always going to need to bring in another tackle. Um, and he obviously has tons of experience and um, knows the, the division well. And, um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense for him to join the Ravens. So um, I don't think that, a visit and or a signing of him would necessarily necessitate that they're doing anything otherwise. It's just, I think it provides more organizational depth at the position. You know, yeah. the Ravens kind of did that with DJ Fluker who could move around the line. I don't know where Villanueva could theoretically play. I would assume he could play right tackle. He's played left tackle. Those aren't made the same, but you think a guy, you know, that, you know, has played for a long time in the NFL could make that shift over. Um, it will be interesting to see how the Ravens um, continue to go through. And the, the draft is where player movement will happen in some different fronts. And and you'll have some depth after that. So that will certainly change the priorities based on what the Ravens go in the draft. It'll be interesting to see if they have him in for a visit, if they sign him or if they wait and see what goes on in the draft and then think about bringing him in. Um, but certainly a guy that knows the division, as you said, and be able to bring him in. And that that's, that's kind of, the Ravens talk. We'll obviously talk draft a little bit more next week. Banks love talking the draft, so we'll make sure to you know really break everything down um, and, and go through there. And uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, the, the draft is really the Ravens. It, it is, I think, become a huge thing for Ravens fans because of how well the Ravens draft um, consistently, and especially with a team kind of on the press winning, you get a couple of pieces that help you get over the top. So it'll be big. 
uh, next week, obviously for football fans. And uh, I love talking draft coverage. I yeah. can't wait to talk about the coverage of the draft. That honestly, one of the best subplots of the whole thing is how it's covered. The lead up and the mock drafts and all that stuff. They are what they are. My favorite thing is always during the draft and after the draft, when you get all the teams of, you know, fans of teams that hate us and they're like, man, like how did that guy fall to the Ravens? And they're just like, Oh, there go the Ravens again, getting some steal in the fourth round that should have been in the second round. And it just happens every single year. And everyone gets so like classic Ravens with a great pick there. And it's, that was the Dobbins pick. That was Dobbins last year where everyone's like, well, there we go. 1200 yards, sign him up. Like, yep. I love it. I, it's my favorite thing of just watching all these other fans just get all riled up about it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very fun. And, it should be just a fun draft in general with all the quarterbacks getting bandied about in the top 10. I said, I said, you can get this talk anywhere else, but it should be kind of an interesting draft. Cause that's a lot of, that's a lot of league changing stuff when you have, you know, six quarterbacks being five or six quarterbacks being talked about in the top, you know, 35 picks. Uh, we move on to the Baltimore Orioles and, and we kind of have a, a soft rundown, you know, guys, every, every week when we, we, we talk about this stuff and um, we have it in our little spreadsheet here, I really can't sum up the Orioles anywhere any better than you did on this banks. The Orioles is the Orioles. I mean, there's, you know, they're just doing what they're doing right now. They at times look horrible and they at times scrape out dubs and are kind of exciting. And John means is the headline of the show right now. I mean, he is very fun to watch pitch. Um, I'm celebrating John means day RDT. I don't think I was a celebrator before, but now I think I've, I think I've, you know, and he's been great as an all-star. So I wasn't taking anything away from him, but now, you, you converted. Know, I've I've converted to 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 meansism. I so, I, love, I celebrate alone, the holiday every five days. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we love having you. Um, I'm looking at his stats right now. I mean, him him on the road. He and the Orioles are they they're seven and three on the road. They may be the best team in the AL in the on the road right now. Um, his, his, here are his numbers on the road: three starts, eighteen and two thirds, an ERA of .48. He's one to know. Wins don't matter. 11 hits, one run, one run, four walks, 18 Ks. Uh, opponents are hitting a buck 67 off them. That, I mean, that's I like. I got in an argument, not in an argument, with the other day, but someone on Twitter was like, "This guy is a nobody. He's only good because he's on the Orioles, and no one tries against the Orioles." And I was like, "That's just that's just a lazy argument." I mean, that that's is just p- pure bad Twitter takes right there. Yeah, like I mean, it's it doesn't not a good get much take. worse than that. You know, I was like the guy. I mean, he's a legitimate starter. I think on any team in the league, like in his his season numbers. Again, he, he's made one start at home. He's a five four ERA. It's not great. His numbers still. He's still on the year. He's a one five two ERA, twenty three Ks, and his WHIP is point nine three. Like I, I mean, the guy has a spot in any rotation in baseball. He's very good. He did have to shave the mustache because his wife made him shave the mustache. She said Caroline told us on Twitter. Um, but he, I mean, he's been so much fun to watch and he's carving people up he's confident he's got the change up work and his velos back like he I, I love John Means I'm and it sucks now because again <clears throat> where or where the Orioles are excuse me where the Orioles are in their rebuilding now after every you know good start like this it's well when do we flip him for the Eric Bedard type you know trade deal and and where where how many prospects could we get and it's like yeah it's that's probably the right move but it's so much fun watching him pitch. And, it, and you know, that's a guy that I would love to have here in a couple of years when, when the team is, is you know, hopefully on the, uh, on the come up. And, and I think John Means is 
you know, should, could be a guy that, that is still in the rotation then. Yeah, it's so true in terms of <laughs> enjoying him and just kind of hoping, you know, that he doesn't get traded. He is, and, and <laughs> as someone that is not an expert in baseball contracts, all the different things that go on there, the, to the best of my knowledge here, and correct me if I'm wrong, X52 listeners, he is under club control. Now, he would go to arbitration three consecutive times here, but under club control until 2024, and then he's an undrafted free agent after 2025. Now, if he continues to pitch like this, the arbitration number he's going to get is going to be insane. So he's going to be a a guy that wants an extension, and the question is, are the Orioles going to be willing to extend a guy like that, or you just flip him, and he's not a part of your future plans? I agree with you. It would be great if he could be a part of the Orioles' future plans, but at 28, if this is going to be his best year – you maximize the value it, this is the worst part it stinks you just start we just start talking about whether we're going to trade these guys mm-hmm. this is the worst part about rebuilding it's yeah and it's it's like i know we do it with the nba a lot and like four years before you know Giannis is a free agent people are people are talking about where he's going to go and this is the same thing it's like well you know you can't you can't even say the honeymoon is over because we're, you're not even married yet like you're you know yep where we we've, we've you barely even got a, you know, a glimpse of the guy. And now we're already deciding how many prospects, you know, are they going to get back in the trades? But again, I mean, that's kind of the territory that comes with the rebuilding and, and everything that the Orioles are doing. But I mean, he, he's just, he's been a joy to watch. Matt Harvey was, I know I'm, I'm reading the quotes from Brandon Hyde's uh, press conference tonight. Gutty. I think he said four times for Matt Harvey today. So I think Harvey got his first win since he was an angel in 2019 he pitched well. Uh, Tony Taters, it sounds like he sprained his ankle pretty bad, so he'll be on the shelf a couple of days maybe. Trey's back above 200. The guy's hot. Mm-hmm. Bat flipped the walk tonight, hit like a 420-foot bomb. <laughs> so pray for the league. Like, it's – it's. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're playing well. They got Austin Hayes back. Um, again, it's so weird. They're 7-3 and three on the road and just absolutely stink at Camden Yards. Play every game on the road. Like, I don't even <laughs> care. Like, I, give us, you know – They'll, they'll play the road warrior, but yeah, I mean, they're, and again, they're playing my Miami and then they got, they got three, I think three or four against the athletics. So that'll be an interesting series, but um, they're playing well on the road. They're fun to watch, you know, at home, not so much, but at least they're not the Yankees right now. They're not squandering in last place. Yeah. One and six at home, seven and three on the road. And what, a, what a split. There are some uh, teams really floundering out there. And speaking of flounders, I'm all about the dead fish, my friends. I love it. I, I do. I have something to say. I tweeted out. I forget what game. I, th- I said, I think I'm done with Cesar Valdez. I, 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 I hand up. Uh, I'm a man. I was way too premature on that take. I just, okay. I, I said I was done with him. I think he threw like, I think he started off like two straight batters. as like a two and O count. And I was like, this guy stinks. I'm done with him. And again, this was like Saturday. And so I'm here to say, I'm, I'm back on the dead fish train. Let's keep this dead fish going. Been on it all day. I've been on the boat. He's tossing these things. Guys are swinging right over it, swinging from the heels. I freaking love it. There's nothing more fun than watching this ball just glide over the plate and just dangle out there and have these guys think that they're going to hit it 450 feet and then just swing right over top of it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's. I mean, it's – and I, I wasn't a believer because I'm like, there's no way that this is going to last. Like, you can't just – throw 74 mile an hour changeups all night. And it's like, well, guess what? You can like Joe Trezor tweeted out his numbers. 
So Cesar Valdez keeps carving up hitters. His season after tonight's four-out save, 9.9 in the third innings pitched, four out of five saves, 38 batters faced, seven hits, 10 Ks, one walk, zero home runs. I mean, again, and this is throwing absolute 76 JV high school baseball just slop. And it really is unbelievable. And these guys can't touch it. And, and like, his story is great, too. I mean, they, they get him out of the Mexican League. He's I, leg- I think he's 38 years old. Like, his story is fascinating. And, again, I mean, maybe that that's a guy who maybe teams in the playoff hunt, you know, maybe that's a guy that, that people look to get to solidify their bullpen going into October. I mean, he's going to be nasty to try and hit in, in the playoffs. So, I wouldn't mind getting I mean, a couple of ones back for him because I don't think he'll be here when the team is, is – I mean, is look – Talk about the playoff hunt. I mean, we can give our weekly Orioles playoff chase update. I, I will do this every week. I will tell you, the listeners, you know, when it beco- will become obsolete 24 hours after we record. Game and a half out of the wild, second wild card spot. I look, maybe we should be buying. <laughs> Orioles are one and one in that um that wild card round too. So yeah, Yankees are three games out of the second wild card slot. I, you know. I think it needs to be t- discussed a little bit more. Uh, that lo- and, and the best part about it, that loser Mike Trout's holding the second <laughs> second wild card spot. So that I mean, you know, he's coming back down there. That team, mm. that team's certainly not getting there with all the talent they have. There's just no shot. Five and five in the last ten. Oh, oh, oh man, oh they're gonna collapse. Sorry, Angels fans, but yeah, oh, the Orioles, as we said, is the Orioles. There's some fun things in there. There's some things in there that you know, <laughs> look terrible at times. And it would be nice if they could win a can yards a couple times with some baseball though. We need we need to they, 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 those need to figure that out. By the uh, way, Mike Trout over one tonight with a strikeout looking. <laughs> oh Mikey. Mikey T. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll give a Mike Trout update every week so you guys can everyone can hear about that. Let's 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 take a quick peek at his stats. This is I did read ball. that this is some good Baltimore that. sports talk here. Mike Trout uh, has the highest war uh, in baseball since 2003, and he made his debut in like 2009 or 10. He's hitting 354 with a 492 on base percentage. He's slugging 688. That doesn't suck. Bust. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> Play better, Mike. Yeah, leading them in pretty much every offensive category. Yeah, there you go, Mike Trout. Um, couple of quick Maryland basketball nuggets just to jump through, and then we'll roll into our Starting five here, um, some continued roster moves. They pick up a transfer um, reportedly in uh, Ian Martinez, um, who would be from Utah, and uh, Jarius Hamilton reportedly hits the transfer portal. So we didn't talk. And Chol, where Chol went? Chol went to Oregon State. Yeah, that's right. Went to Oregon State. So, but didn't we? What did? We, oh, I guess the uh, the gift was for Martinez, right? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. Oh, it's okay. reported. Can you put this in so the? You can, you can give in that. You can think about Mark Turgeon gift is about anything you want. Thanks. You want to give it one? Give it one what? This is good Turgeon. radio. RDT is fist bumping here on the on the. Uh, what's the, the isn't that the Turgeon gift? Doesn't isn't that what he does? Doesn't he fist bump? No, it's 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 more of a. I think it's more of a. Oh. It's oh a, yeah, he does look up to the crowd. I thought, right. Yeah, he does, I thought he kind of like to the crowd. He gives a nice little. Is, yeah. Once again, I don't know what the gift is. I'm not doing. It's all reportedly. Let the record show I'm not doing any fist pumps. All right. No fist pumps, okay? No fist pumps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
no guess for us this so we'll jump right into the uh the starting five draft uh last week as i said to open the show we did favorite things about hotels week before that masters um Mass, master's dinner and before that alleged 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 um performance enhancing drug using athletes this week favorite nfl uniforms now the way we did this is, is not you're not picking the team in the full uniform set we're going to pick individual uniforms from each of the teams this obviously nfl draft time you see you see the uniforms guys go up there they show them off so sort of ties into the uh the you know seemingly never ending lead up to the NFL draft. And it's with the, um, with the Bengals unveiling their new ones and the Bengals unveiling new ones as yeah. well. Yeah. Very good yeah. point, yeah. which new ones kind of same as the old. Can't tell the difference. Gun to my head. Cannot tell you the difference. The only, the biggest but, takeaway I had from the, from those pictures was Joe Burrow's ACL scar is massive on his knee. I don't know if you guys saw that. That's yeah, funny. I did see that. Yeah. 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 Sure yeah. Tough. This is the worst. Joe Burrow can't wait to see him back. I wish he wasn't on the Bengals. He's the guy I would have liked to have rooted for on another team, but can't do it in the division. Uh, RDT, you have the first pick. I have the second pick. Banks, you have the third pick. Um, RDT, you have number one, and I really don't know how this could be anything, but I what I think it's going to be. So just make it official. I mean, it's the Steelers Bumblebee. No, it's it's the Chargers, <laughs> it's the Chargers Powder Blues. It has to be. There's. Mm-hmm. There's again, like I've said, the last like five drafts, I feel like there's a clear one, one, and it's the Chargers powder blues. There's, I mean, powder blues in any sport look good. It, it's very hard to make powder blue look bad. And you put that yellow, you put that white. I have the Ladanian Tomlinson 21 upstairs. I wore the shit out of it in middle school. Um, you know, it's an, it's an all time like darty backyard party uh, jersey. It's it's just. It's just beautiful. And it can be the throwback. It can be the new one they have. They're, they're just All of them are gorgeous. It, it's really one of the biggest tragedies in the history of sports that, that wasn't the Chargers uniform for their entire existence. The fact that there was a rebrand that took them to dark blue is ab- – and they would just trot those out as throwbacks and get everyone excited was insanity. It was absolute insanity. I think they still looked kind of good, though. The navy blue, they still look kind of good. Obviously, they not looked good. Near I near think it. they've always had good uniforms. That wasn't even really a knock on those uniforms. Just the fact that you have the best uniform, right? Maybe in the whole entirety of sports, sports. Yeah. back pocket. Now and I you're think not they, putting it out there. I think they do have a dark one and a and a powder it's, one now, and they both fixed. look great. It, it may no, be on the big board. It may be on the big board. Okay. No, they do. No, but, yeah, they do. But, I mean, like, but also the travesty is it's the fucking Chargers. What like, pants are you putting? Yeah. By the way, doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, the they look really good with the white. You could you could do it with the yellow, and they had the thunderbolt or the the lightning bolt, thunderbolt, whatever you want to call it, going down the side. I mean, yeah. they, they all look good. It's you know, easy money. But, that's, but that's, that's the thing is like the biggest. I don't strategy, think there's ever been. A, there's not been a more clear one one in the times we've done this. No, this it's, is, it's it's so the one one. The one one. But again, it the fact that it's the Chargers too. It's like San Diego, a team, a city that could care less about football. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like if that if that was in a big market or a big, uh, you know, a team that that has the tradition of winning, like, I mean th- that jersey, 
that's an all-time rap uh, rap video jersey too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good starting five. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good starting five <laughs> right down. Right down. Oh, yeah, put that in the doc. Put it in the doc. Yep, we'll do it. Yep. I'm, so, yeah. I'm, this is this is gonna maybe seem like a little bit of a sellout, but I, I just I can't help but put this on my team. I'm going with the Chargers white tops. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. They're so good. They're so good. I want the white tops. I want the white helmets. I want the white pants. They're clean as hell. Chargers go back to back in the first in the first two picks. I need some Chargers on my team, and I'm putting them on first. I'm going Chargers whites. They're freaking gorgeous uniforms. Yeah, the bolt down, the bolt on over the shoulder, the bolt down the the right and left side of the pant. Looking at them right now, the number. I mean, they've numbers. They've numbers on the helmets. All time Sports Center commercial appearance too, right? Is that what LT's wearing in that in that commercial, or is he wearing the blue? Probably. I think he's wearing the white. No, he's wearing the powder blue. Is he he's wearing, wearing the, the powder blue? blue? Yeah. I knew it was. The, yeah. I knew it was, it was, was the blue was or the white, but and that was when it was a throwback. That was yeah. when it was a throwback. All right, thanks. All right, you guys are ridiculous. Um, awesome uniforms, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Dolphins. I'm gonna take their 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 aqua that that teal color. Uh, I, I yeah, think I'm gonna pair it with uniform. the white pants. I want to be very clear. Like this is their very current ones. They had a phase where they tinkered around with like the number fonting and like the word dolphins across the top of the Jersey. I don't want any of that. I want like the triple stripe on the sleeve. I want your very classic, like, like orange um, Mm -hmm. number. uh, What do you call that? Edging uh, bordering on the numbers with the very like generic, number system or whatever you want to call it and i think maybe their helmet they might have tweaked back to their original logo i just want that that good throwback look i want that 72 dolphins look so that's going to be my pick you got another one doing that thing where i'm just like feel like just feeling real satisfied and then i'm like oh damn i'm still on the clock here uh i'm gonna go with the 49ers i'm gonna go with their red uh another classic pick i'm gonna go with their red with the with the old style um, the number shadow that they get on there that they had in the eighties and with the gold pants. And that I'm I'm taking that every day of the week and I don't feel like I need to explain that much further. We're talking Bill Walsh 49ers. That's a great pick. Yep. I, like I love it. that pick. Um oh man. I'm already I'm already struggling here. Um I, I'm just gonna take one that uh, that I that just brings good memories for me. I'm I'm taking the Ravens black on black. I love the Ravens black on black. Primetime Ravens, the black on the black. Give it to me. I like that one. It's a great pick. That's good. Um, I will go. I'm gonna go the Bills white jerseys. Mm, I I, I mean again the color scheme is is great. The the. Their jerseys, they're not flashy. They're not, you know, gaudy looking. They're, they're I, I like them a lot. They, they're pretty plain. The numbers. I think, I think it's funny. I think Stefan Diggs for us Maryland people kind of like elevated the Bills uniforms this year into our conscience. Cause I think mm-hmm. I was looking at Bills uniforms all year, tweeting pictures of him. And you're like, this is a good looking jersey. And not to like spoil picks. They have a, and I won't say that account. They have a good set. Like they have they a do. good set of uniforms. And how they, how the colors look, and blue, and and red, white, blue, all this looks good to a certain extent. 
Their red, white, and blue plays so much better than the Patriots' red, white, and blue. Yeah. Like, they, they just use the color schemes, and, and they're just so much better. Um, so, I like that pick. Yeah, it's, they're very vibrant. Like, they uh, they look fast. Like, I know people talk about that all the time. I know Clem's a big fan of, like, the uniforms look fast. I, I think those are, those are some good ones. My next one. Give me – Give me the Packers home jerseys. Mm-hmm. I don't, and again, it may just be like an Aaron, an Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre thing, but like, there's something about watching the Packers. There's snow piled up on the sideline. There's still some flurries coming down, and you can tell that tundra is just hard as shit. Um, the Packers, and and again with those the the yellow pants, they look great. The helmet's classic. Um, it's just a good looking uniform set. So give me the yeah, I'll go Packers. Packers home greens. Excellent pick. Yeah, the Packers home green. The yeah, the Packers home green is a classic. They have a good set. They have a really good except, set. Except the throwback ones. I don't think that's spoiling a pick. I don't think anyone's taking those. Those old school. No. The one with the blue with the the big yellow circle in the middle with the number in it. I the think like nineteen eighteen jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I may have said this before, but. I think the color green in professional sports is not utilized enough. You really get the Packers and you get the Minnesota wild and you get the Oakland athletics. And that's just about it. The jets just yeah, tried it with the their jets. new ones. The Eagles, the e- and the Eagles, the Eagles are using like the wrong weird shade. The Eagles of green. are using the wrong. They're using the wrong. Sh- they're another team. That Kelly green, bro. Green. green, but green and gold in my opinion ready to roll, ready to roll. is a yeah. phenomenal color combo. And it's just not used enough at all. Like it pops with the athletics. I think they have maybe the best uniforms in baseball. Um, and yeah, really the, pops. And I Dallas think, stars are green maybe. Yeah. They, they've been wearing like a lot of white recently. And then I think they, they almost wore. And then like, the, obviously the Celtics would be the other one. Yeah, you're right. So maybe, they, I, maybe I understand. Well. There should be more green, though. more green and gold. But you see, I mean, it's cause you see a lot of red, a lot of blue, yep. like you see those colors a lot. Um, yeah, and then you you roll into like green. It's funny when we talked about this. We and we made this at some point. We talked about doing a uniform from each um, of the four professional sports, and I joked around that we should do MLS. And the joke in MLS is like everyone just keeps using white uniforms. Everyone just has like white base color uniforms. And I'm sure everyone. Um, I'm sure you guys are mm-hmm. well aware yeah, of that definitely. joke and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am going to take with this pick, and this might be like a little off the board, um, but as I was sort of looking around, I really like these uniforms. I like, and this is a part of their current set, I like when the Giants go to their throwbacks with the ah. Giants on the helmet with the all-white. Um, that is so much – their other uniforms aren't bad, but when they put that uniform on mostly in prime time, it's got like a little bit more – like harkens back to their better days. And that Giants on the helmet is so much better than the NY. The like block so lettering? much better. It's so much better. They, why they don't make that their full-time helmet. It's I, funny I, because like in 2000, I remember when the Giants switched to the New York, the, like the NY was the old one then. And everyone was like on board with it. Like, oh, it's a really classic look. I like it. And we've just gotten sick of it now. And yeah. when we get the, the Giants back, better, the Giants yeah. is sweet. You're absolutely right, Taylor. I, yeah. I love it. That that was my next pick. The number, uh, the numbers on the down guys, instead of like, up on the shoulder pad it's just a bad it's just a good uniform it's a great uniform and you know what really bugs the shit out of me 
is when the uh, the Giants wear the white and a silver pants. Horrific look. You should never have yeah. like a white and then a gray. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking trash. at their set right now, and they have a picture of Eli with the white and the silver. Like, I just like. Bad. Like when you're a kid and you go to like baseball tryouts or something or practice or something, it's always like a kid in a white t-shirt and gray baseball pants. They look like a tremendous loser. Cut him immediately. It's a bad <laughs> look. Bad Got him. Got him. Um, But it is a great pick, but you did not take the correct color rush white on white pick that should I be next. Yeah, you do. I'm taking the Saints. Mm-hmm. Storm the Saints Troopers. ones. Uh, oh yeah the 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 black and gold just just shimmers in a different way it just looks phenomenal and they usually wear them at home in the in the superdome there and oh man i love it it's yeah, it's always like I, a prime time it's like it's like a sunday night game against the yeah, Falcons or something like yeah that. it just feels night. like it's a it, they they're faster when they wear those 100 more points they, yeah. they score a lot of points and they score even more points when they're wearing those bad boys um and then for my wraparound pick, this has surpassed for me. Oh man, this has surpassed oh. the black on black. It is the Ravens. It's the white on purple pants. I love the purple pants. It was not really in the mix for until maybe a couple years ago, and it feels like the defense plays with their most ferocious when they're wearing the white, white on top of purple. I just, it makes the purple numbers stand out more. Um, I'm kind of in my head associating it even like, like more with like Lamar Jackson. It's interesting how they kind of brought this into the fold when he started um, becoming a starter and really being the face of the franchise. So um, they've played a lot of games, I think in the white on purple the last couple of years. And, um, I, I love it. I know there's a lot of people out there who love it too. Yeah. The Ravens just do it in general, a very nice job of just sort of switching their top bottom combinations and kind of just like shifting those around. That's almost like how they vary their uniforms as opposed to like incorporating new branding or, you know, bringing in significant changes. It's like, all right, we're going to wear this a little bit more than we normally do. We're going to wear this a little bit more than we normally do. They haven't made a true change um, in 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. and But it never feels stale, and I think that's why. Yeah. Like, I think you're just like, oh, we haven't seen that one in a little bit, uh, except for the gold bats. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Don't need to talk about that. That was really the most – Shout out Jimmy Clausen. I am going to take um, the – none of the Falcons' new uniforms because I think they all suck. I'm going to take mm. the, uh, the throwback black tie on the white pants kind of like – old like chris chandler into mike vick era early mike vick mm-hmm. era uniforms. dirty bird dirty bird uh it's a true it's a just a, it's just a good uniform just a really once again another one that they should just be wearing that every week and they're just overthinking it uh i'm taking that and then is back to me for for my last two right oh yeah i want, I want to make sure i'm stacking up right all righty um i think i am going and again, this is just another great set. And this is one where a team rebranded, and I can't believe they even wore the old uniforms. I'm going to go the Broncos home jerseys. Like, I, I think that their logo is so sleek. I think their colors are great. 
Like I was back and forth between their home and their, and their away ones, but even like their orange color rush ones are great. Um, I, I just love the blue and the orange, like the orange side panels that come all the way up and connect to the collarbone. I think they, they look really good. Um, and again, even man, the all whites are, are, are clean too. I, I, I've always liked the, uh, the Broncos color scheme too. And, and, um, their home, their home jerseys do it for me. So give me the, uh, uh what is it? Broncos home. So you, you like the, with the Navy panel up the, up the sides? I like the Navy home uniforms with the orange panel going up the sides. Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Very yeah. John L. And like down the pant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I think that like that Super Bowl was like the first or one of the first ones I like really remember watching. So again, mm-hmm. I just see that, that helicopter over and over. Um, and then my last pick I'm going and this will probably be a biased one. The Titans powder blue. I don't know if you can call them powder blue, but the Titans light blue, baby blue. Um, their, their new uniforms really grew on me. I hated them when they came out. They were one of the ones where I don't think they look good, like sitting on a, on a hanger. Yeah. And the graphics I, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, like when they were all the leaks, all that and all that, I was like, these jerseys stink. And then when it came out, you know, when you see them on the players and on, on the field, I, I think they look a lot better. Um, like the baby blue and the white pants, I think are fire. Really good uh, uniform combination, so I'll be I'll take that one off the board. Solid pick. Um, I'm making sure I don't miss anything. I'm just going back through the teams here real quick because um, I think I know what I want to take, <laughs> and it is uh, currently a little topical. The team I'm about to talk about. Uh, I'm taking the uh, Raiders black top silver pants uh, with my pick, which I think is just like a classic uh, NFL look, and I think. Um, when they're like in prime time on like a Monday night in a game, they're probably not going to win. So is that second Monday night game? Something, something with the it's that yeah, second yeah, Monday night game, game of the season. season. It's like, oh, we're live from Oakland. Oh, yeah, that's like, we're live from Las Vegas. Um, so good uniforms, bad tweeting. So. Mm. There's a lot, a lot of options here that I'm really torn amongst. <sighs> Especially because a like, lot of black top. I took two white tops and three black tops. Not a lot of diversity there. From a color I could color. be a real homer right now. I kind of want to do it. Do it? Usually, I think I want to do it. I'm gonna take the color rush. I'm taking the Ravens color rush. Uh, I just we did not wear them last season, and that's why it was not as good of a season. It was a mistake. I thought that they were kind of squirreling that one away, uh, and they never used it. I I even want to say like. In my head, they were going to use it for that Thanksgiving game. That really just wasn't the same. So the color rush, I just think of them just steamrolling the shit out of the Rams on Monday Night Football. No game like it. One of the best I've ever watched. Um, it just looks royal. Like it just – Lamar Jackson looks like a king when he wears it. It's just – and I just picture – him and Hollywood and at the time, you know, Mark Ingram just dancing their way off the field after touchdown, 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 after touchdown. the LA Coliseum. It was so much fun. So the Rams are coming to town. I can't wait. And hopefully we run it back with those jerseys. Got to do it. So that's the, uh, that's the NFL uniform draft. Honestly, I think I left some good ones on the table here. I'm not going to yeah, lie to you guys, too. but we'll go over it here real, real quick. Uh, RDT has the Chargers powder blue. 
the Bills whites, the Packers home greens, the Broncos home uniforms with the blue with the orange strip paneling down the sides and the Titans light blue. I picked the Chargers all white, uh, the black on black for the Ravens, the Giants throwbacks, uh, the black on white Dirty Bird Atlanta Falcons throwbacks, and the black Raiders black tops, silver pants, uh, the classic Raiders look. They really haven't changed it in their entire history. Banks took the aqua tortilla with the white pants for the Dolphins, the red 49ers classics for Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. Um, the white on white Saints alternates the white on top of purple for the Ravens um, and the purple purple for the Ravens, two straight Ravens and the draft. I, my one that I, I love the, the chiefs uh, red tops. That was a big one for me. Color. I was, those are pretty uniforms. Tough to walk Even away from all that one. The Seahawks have a really interesting thing where I think their uniforms were very highly regarded for a lot of years. And then they had the Legion of doom and people like, liked them and then they all fell apart and they hated them and then they brought in the lime and it just kind of devolved into like uh, we're kind of sick of the Seahawks thing but I think on its face I think overall they're pretty good uniforms mm-hmm. you're right I had um Vikings purple jerseys that may have been again the Stefan Diggs I, I mean I've always loved watching the Vikings it goes back to like EJ I mean obviously Randy Moss but like EJ Henderson um Dante Culpepper Adrian Peterson, uh, Stefan Diggs, they've always had fun players and they just look good in those uniforms and in the dome and like the lighting and stuff like that. Um, I like the Cardinals black uniforms too. I don't feel, I feel like yeah, those don't get those as much. Good. Those are another uniform that came out when I was in high Pretty, school and they yeah. were like, Oh, I got to get a Steve Breston jersey. Like Steve there's a kid Breston. with a Steve Breston. Steve Breston. Steve Breston. Steve Breston. Steve Breston. Steve Breston. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think the black on black Eagles one is pretty good. I, I had black, yeah, black that Eagles one. That one deserves some credit. I Panthers can't stand the uh, – I do like the Panthers. It's a good call. I can't stand the Washington professional football team. But the – and when burgundy is the primary color, I can't stand those uniforms. But when they have the white with the burgundy accents and now with the number on the helmet because they yeah. took the, the old logo off, those looked really good this year. I, I they The number on the helmet – brought those uniforms into a better light and not because of the controversy around the logo. I just hate the logo, just a bad mm-hmm. logo beyond its obvious offensive nature. Um, you like, can't see what it is from far. You, like if, again, far, if you're not, the number is so you're not clean. looking at the number on the, the, the helmet is just tremendous. The Terps had a throwback a couple years ago with the number on the helmet and it was gorgeous. Um, so speaking of throwbacks, the, the Terps eighties throwbacks are just, they're phenomenal. God, um, but yeah, the, the Cowboys, I you know, they're very classic. When the rare occasions, like the Thanksgivings, when they actually wear the navy, yeah, they wear the whites navy. at homes and then they wear whites on the road, so they never wear the navies. But I think the navies are a great look. They are, yeah, with the sort of the different the design of the the, the jerseys, it's a bit different with the star. Yeah, the Cowboys, honestly, the all the uniforms are good, and they, I I think it's just. The, the significance of the Cowboys being the Cowboys. I would say the same right. about the Packers. I think the Packers have the white Packers uniforms are yeah. good as well. Um, do you guys have a worst? I don't have a worst, but it was interesting because I it actually came way around for me. And I think this is a good example of what you were talking about, Eric, about what was it? The Titans were just on the graphics and on the like in a studio and a photo shoot. It didn't look great, but mm-hmm. while watching football, I, I came around on the Rams uniforms. The Rams, the ones that got absolutely panned 
in the early going and the number fonting or like the design of it looked weird. I kind of came around on like the blue on blues a little bit. I think they I got, like a, I honestly think they got a bad rap, their whole uniform redesign. Yeah, me too. Um, my, I, I think the Jets just couldn't have missed the mark more with what they did with their uniforms. The black ones I, are okay. I, and I think they have so much potential. As we talked about green with them, I, I just think it's just a. I, and the Falcons kind of did the same thing. The Falcons get saved by the Dirty Bird uniforms in their overall set. Like they have like the one that sort of gradients up with the red that's awful. Um, yeah. The, the, the Jets, I mean, the Jets just do everything wrong. And, the Jets, and that uniform, the that Jets uniform need to do the same thing as the Giants and go back to the Jets' word logo. For mm-hmm. a they don't have to keep it for a long time, but I think if they just switch to that for a little bit, it would just change the mojo a little bit. A couple other ones. I think the Patriots uniforms are just incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but it fits them. We yeah. didn't give a lot of love to the Lions, who I actually think have decent uniforms. They're decent for sure. Yeah, they're, they're good colors. Not, they're, those black ones. They're, they're old black ones, like the um, the who is it? Mike Williams. Um, <laughs> like Charles Rogers. Yeah, Charles Rogers. R.I.P. Um, Dre Bly. Like some of those. Uh, Dre Bly. That Black Lions is another big uh, rap music video. John Kitna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like those. Those are those are solid um did i have anything else i think that's it from worst ones yeah i think yeah, the rams jaguars, jaguars the rams another one though it's like why did you why did you change some of the things that make you great they didn't go totally away from it but sneaky sneaky good one i think is um when the texans wear the red with the navy pants mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think those, that's those are really one. good looking yeah it just looks really sharp it's one of the better of the the very Ultimate. overdone red and blue combos. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, no love for the Bucks new ones. The Bears are fine. I'm just like scrolling through all these. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really like the Browns to be honest. I know it's a classic mm-hmm. look. I do like the stripes on the socks, but um, so yeah, let's talk in uniforms. We can do uniform talk all day. We do this for so many sports. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a good, it's good fodder. So send us in your top five, send us in your top five listeners. Why not? Um, it's just interesting, but the chargers, man of the chargers reign supreme rain. I, I almost took green. the green ones, like their new ones. Yeah. It's just, just so far away. The best uniform. We, we talked about at the very beginning, like before we hit record, I, I asked Taylor who, who had the first overall pick. Because I, I don't know. I just felt like it might be me. I couldn't remember what order we had. Disappointed to find it wasn't me. So. Yeah. Tough to have a third pick. Though. I was doing this the math. It's a great like week a to have a first pick. Yeah. Not a great pick. Oh, excuse me. Not a, as I sit here and yawn, not a great, um, not a great time to be the Raiders, though. They're on my team, but tough tweeting. Mm. Tough tweeting. The Raiders, do we want to do we want to call you just want to knock that out now <laughs> call we want to call our local our call local um Let's have this discussion right now oh you want me to call it's here i'll, I'll he's gonna... up tweeting he's up tweeting marty he's, he's he? up tweeting yeah. about so right. so we're gonna do this so the raiders i think if you're online at all put out one of the all-time controversial tweets um Regarding a, a very sensitive subject, which was the, the you know, verdict in the George Floyd case, um, and, and so many teams made statements about it, and the Raiders did not see it put out. I can breathe with the date, um, 
and it got widely, widely panned. I think it's one of the worst tweets I've ever seen from a team account. They justified it by saying they were taking the quote from George Floyd's brother and, you know, maybe we should have, you know, should have given us some attributions to people going to know that. Um, as we've talked about on this podcast, um, myself and Marty, um, who's, you know, been on the show before, both social media managers in our own right, both at the University of Maryland, Marty no longer here, but has some experience. And so we're going to see if we can get Marty's take here live on the show. We're just going to put him on the spot and call him yeah, on speaker. And call, and call on speaker and see what he says. All see right, so I'm us. dialing it up. Need great radio. <laughs> Can you it's hear the phone ringing? Now we got you. Yeah. He could also just. Is, he could just ignore him. us. This is live. We did not. He's, we were calling him. He's very to... online right now. He is. I'm tweeting him right now. <laughs> Hi, this is Marty. I can't get to Oh, my oh God. Marty. That's so bad. Needless oh, to say, man. we'll get him on if we can get him on. Well, if we reach contact I mean, just by the time we're done recording here, then we get dive awful. back. So let's put a pin in the all Raiders. Awful. For a sec. But yeah, we'll move to we'll move to Maryland. We'll move to Nick Cater Medley Maryland person of the week. We'll table that discussion for now. Uh RDT. So mine is going to be my Maryland Nick Cater Medley person of the week is um Masson blogger Rockabotko. I don't know mm. if you guys saw this, the mm. whole thing going on yesterday. Yep. At least one blog every day since August 1st, 2008. It's like, I forget what the, the, the number of days is. They had calculated it out, but they, Masson made like a Moneyball type video, um, you know, just going over highlights and stuff like that. And I mean, that is a long time. That is a hell of a long I, time. I'll be totally honest. I don't understand how that's possible. I, I assume that he is like writing blogs and scheduling them out while he like goes on vacation, but to have enough content to get a blog out 365 days a year for thir- for 12 years in a row about not only about anything, but about this team. It's what that entire thing was wild to me. That blew my mind. And that that's the most impressive part is like, since 2008, the, like, the Orioles have been bad. They've been very bad. And, yeah, like you said, he's coming up with something to and, – and they're not like little BS blog. I mean, like I read, every, I read his articles every day. He posts them at like 5, 6 o'clock. So, yes, he's scheduling them out to hit 5 a.m. or whatever. Um, I mean, but, yeah, it's just super impressive. Like I, I, I couldn't imagine the places that he's had to write blogs and, or articles. I don't know if it's insulting to call his stuff blogs, but – I, I just a super impressive streak. I know Cal tweeted him back saying that yeah. that was, you know, super impressive. And I mean, uh, you know, August 8th, 2008, where were you? That's, that's, it's like they, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll always remember 2131 and, and whatever number day. And like, I know Rock's getting married, I think he said this year. So now the big question is like, is his wife, is he going to post one on his wedding day? We've got know. a phone call coming in here. Who knows? All right, bring him in. Uh-oh. Just live reaction. Go. Tell him he's Say hello. Hello. You are live on the Exit 52 podcast. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I guess I can relay questions from Taylor because you, you're not going to be able to hear him because it's in my ear. But uh, yeah, uh, 
I think you can assume what we're calling about. Yeah. And we're just, we're just want to dish a little bit and then look for your take on this whole Raiders situation. Yeah. I mean, did, I just saw the, the quote from Mark Davis, which is what I assumed was the thing or the issue with it not being pulled down. Usually when you see something like that, not get taken down, it's usually because the higher ups are who made the call. Um, but I did feel it was interesting that he came to the defense of his staff and took took all the heat, which I feel like he should. What do you what do you for a person in your position when you sit there? I don't know who actually hits send on the tweet. Maybe maybe Mark Davis sends it to the person and the person actually posts it, or does Mark Davis like post it himself? If you are just kind of sitting there doing your job, you're kind of like monitoring your channels or whatever. And then that goes up without you knowing it's going up. Like what goes through your head there? Yeah. I mean, this is why media relations staffs have to have good relationships with people who make those decisions because there needs to be checks and balances in place for things like that, because you have to imagine that when something like that happens, the first person people look at are, um, quote-unquote interns interns (laughs) that are running the social media accounts and i i mean i've been watching um some of the the feedback on their thread and you just see um this those who have social media titles for the raiders um in their titles getting bashed online there's a drag dude for something they probably had little to no influence on um, other than probably just hitting send. Um, but yeah, you, you just need to have a relationship with your owner at a media relations or PR standpoint to just try and talk some sense at that point. <laughs> I mean, what do you even do at that point? I mean, how do you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're in that position, like, do you just say, no, Mark, don't like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you kind of, compromise with him and i don't know if he even has his own twitter account and say hey maybe this is something that you want to push personally um i just think that you need to really preach the the negative ramifications of your uh, <laughs> that's what your taylor's message. been saying is like there's just no upside to that tweet like even though obviously like it was very clear that was maybe the worst tweet that's ever gone out by a corporate account but um yeah. Yeah, I just think Tough scene. I mean, either way, he was obviously trying to be clever in promoting what he figured was social justice sense, but you should never take something that's that serious and try and make a viral play for it. Um and obviously you could tell that they were trying to he was trying to be witty in this the sense of this is a day that we'll remember because we turned uh, a corner and maybe in his mind, but it, it just, it, you got to read the room. <laughs> there you have it. You got to read the room. There it is. Yeah. Taylor says, there it is. So, That's true. Words have never been spoken. Did we wake you up? I'm, we apologize. If well, we woke I, you no, up. I just fell asleep watching TV and then I woke up to a phone call from Brian Black and I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted or something that you were like, Oh, you're getting slammed for. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, uh, 
we photoshopped your handle onto the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your headshot into the uh, apologies, LinkedIn of the social people. We we noticed you were very online and then you didn't pick up and that was very very sauce. So. Ask him if he has hives. Like the lids might have fell in the last five minutes. Damn. Well, get back to it, my man. Yeah. Um and thoughts and prayers with with the the Raiders social team. Fair Seriously. that's well said. <laughs> All right, boys. Appreciate it. All right, till next time. Bye, Marty. I mean, pretty much sums it all up right there. Yeah. The, uh, a very groggy Marty Suma. A very groggy Marty Suma uh, uh, checking in for Baltimore City. You, you, you cannot get witty and, and, and clever. And I understand that they didn't because they, they, he said they were quoting George Floyd's brother. If you're going to do that, you have to attribute it and make it that it's not the statement coming from you. It's coming from him. You have to do more exp- exp- explaining than not putting out a caption. But Marty said it right. In this situation, there's no upside to trying to be the best at stating this right now. That you you just can't do that. You you have to just be reasonable and and spell out your organization's philosophies and thoughts on this ruling and how it affects different things moving forward. You can't just say that. You keep just it's bad. It's just so bad. So Marty hit the nail on the head. Yep. So thank you for Marty for checking in. Our yeah. our you know, social media correspondent, one of our, and it's funny because, you know, and we were, had a long discussion about this before the pod. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like your biggest fear putting out any tweet, like you guys tweet all the time and that's you representing yourselves personally. Me and Marty have put out a lot of tweets, both from our personal accounts and from these brand accounts. And this is what you fear more than anything. And I had said that, like, I don't really fear ever when I put tweets out from Maryland. Um, and I really don't, but like, this is your worst nightmare. You know, I mean, this is just a total disaster for these guys. Um, and we've all had tweets that have had to come down, but they're keeping it up. He said, they're keeping it up. Yep. Mark Davis, not my, uh, Maryland, yeah, not my Maryland person of the week. <laughs> Classic example. I mean, that's whoever had that tweet like two years ago was so perfect where it's just, you know, the main goal, there's a, there's a main character on Twitter every single day. And the goal is to not be it. The Raiders were it tonight. Yeah. And it and shouldn't, just, that shouldn't be, have been the case. Yeah. Especially from a sports organization. What are right. you doing for this reason, for something you put out on Twitter? Horrible. Uh, Banks, your uh, personal lead. <laughs> I'm not sure what to give it to. I have five things that I feel are all kind of like similar footing maybe here. I suppose I'm going to give it to the pandas. The pandas are back. This kickball <laughs> in Baltimore is resuming spring league. Uh, the pandas have been on hiatus for a good year and a half. Maybe I want to say maybe since fall of 2019. That's a crazy thing to say out loud. Um, absolute dynasty of kickball championships. One of the great wagons sport. of all time. An all time wagon will be back on the kickball field this Thursday at the McHenry Royal location volo city look out the pandas are coming for another boot um so that's gonna be my pick if we've got any listeners out there uh that uh come to any of the games make sure to uh say hi before we absolutely whip that ass so you know is what it is it's just yep. business just a business trip just a business trip for the pandas <laughs> i'm sorry and look normally we're playing cup in hand we're playing two hands because you, you can't do cup in hand in these COVID times but <laughs> we only won the 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 uh, kickball two-hand regional championship you know when we never played two-hand kickball so 
I, I mm. can't imagine the transition is going to be too tough. That's a tremendous pick. Shout out to the pandas. Shout out to all the pandas. Um, I'm sure we'll talk pandas as we go through um, the podcast as the panda season continues. Um, trying to get another boot up on the shelf. So um, my uh, Maryland Nick Caner medley um, Maryland person of the week. This may be this may be a two straight week. Um, award here i'm giving it to my maryland soccer team again who snuck into the ncaa tournament on monday in the selection show last team in the field for the boys um, who will face missouri state in the second round there's an opening round so the second round in their first game so happy for my guys glad they got in the tournament i will be in north carolina with them and uh hopefully we can get some dubs try to catch some dubs try to make a run always goals always a national title so Excited to excited to get excited to have some postseason. You know, I was at the Big Ten tournament, had those postseason vibes. Just excited to be back in stadiums with postseason vibes. And Maryland soccer should be my first chance at that before everything, before anything else. So excited about that. Uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, I've got Big Booty Mix. Uh, two mm-hmm. friends, two friends is dropping Big Booty Mix nineteen on Saturday night. Get your tickets nine p.m. Uh, if you don't know, go go learn yourself some two friends big booty mixes, some of the best stuff out there. Absolute jams. Um, I'm going to give another honorable mention to the Baltimore Banners hockey league team um, playing a game against the Baltimore Police Fire to raise money uh, down at Laurel this weekend, uh, two o'clock on Saturday at. Uh, the Gardens Ice House, um, just uh, for a good cause there. It's it's, uh, it's a good program that I know that I've touted on social media before. Um, so there's that. Very nice. I also Are have you... – I, no, I got more on them. Go. Look, go for them all. Uh, he, he looked deep into that, so that's why I was like, I'm yeah. just going to let him go. All right. <laughs> The, the Triangle in Hilton Head, uh, fantastic place to go out and enjoy some beers with the boys and the gals. Um, had a fun time going down to uh, Hilton Head this past weekend, a little golf, a little RBC Heritage, and a little bit of nightlife activities at some place called The Triangle, where I guess they just have three bars that are kind of just all run together, and it's a fantastic time. Highly recommend it. Um, and uh, my last honorable mention, because there is another one, uh, the hoodie for golf, LPGA hoodies, uh, mm-hmm. are flying is, off the shelves. That hoodie is fire. I would it order it right a now fire tie dye hoodie that people are clamoring for. I think they're back ordered till like June, but they're, you know, it's raising money to help, you know, build women's golf and all that good stuff. Um, Michelle, we West has been pushing it. And, uh, we've been seeing, you know, Calvert Hall's finest Damian Lee wearing one and, uh, the, I think Justin Thomas might have been wearing one. It's their, their hot hoodie in the uh, and hoodies in general are hot in, in the golf scene these days. So, um, you know, shout out to that. Shout out to Damian Lee, putting the hoodie on, supporting the LPGA, supporting Michelle Wee West. Guys carved out a nice career for himself. Covered all class in 2010. Shout out to that guy. Star. RDT, any honorable mentions? Um, I'm taking Dodgers Padres. Just the the entire series, like that was yeah. so much fun. Staying up late night, Friday, Saturday, and then and then it's a shame we didn't get it Sunday night for Sunday night baseball, but we got Sunday afternoon baseball. I mean, great pitching matchups. The games were electric. 
um, big name players like Tatis's home run, you know, coming back was awesome. And, and then you had, was it Saturday? You had Kershaw and Profar going at it. So some benches clearing, like, I think Jared wrote it best. Like there, there's no Yankees Red Sox rivalry right now. It's Dodgers Padres. Like they're the two most exciting best teams in baseball. And, and it's good. It's going to be fun to watch them play. I think they're playing again this weekend. So I'm all for a little uh, late night West coast uh, baseball. So I'm a big, big fan of Dodgers Padres. That's a great one. That that was really, really fun. I hope that continues to be fun throughout the year. I have one, a quick one, and it delves uh, away from sports here um, into my fascination with the Marvel Universe. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a tremendous show on Disney+, and the uh, last episode was awesome. So people interested in that, go watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was an incredible episode of television, and they continue to knock those out of the park. Disney+, Plus gets it done. They just continue to get it done for me week after week after week. Marvel Universe, great stuff, great stuff. Um, does anyone want to go off about anything this week? Every time I swipe my phone and see the Masson app download on my phone, I have like a 30 <laughs> second rant to myself. So I just want to, just want to let everyone know that that continues to annoy me. Mm. Um, I mean, honestly. the only, the only go off King I had was I told you guys before, and I feel like my problem is solved now is just how hard it is to find big booty mixes on, on Spotify. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I would like I, to know. I get why. I understand. It's not their fault at all. Like it's, it's. I, I understand it, but you it's like YouTube. I should. I shouldn't have to go to YouTube. Fire SoundCloud. Yeah, they're fun, but it's like, oh, I didn't even. Think. Well, I guess SoundCloud. I could download the app, but it's like if I'm listening on YouTube and I get a text message, I don't want to exit out of the. And th- that's the problem with YouTube in general. I don't want to exit out of YouTube, have the whole song stop, and then SoundCloud also it. makes you get an account, which is annoying. Yeah, like I don't want to do that. I'm not paying for YouTube. Yeah, but Saturday, it'll all be fixed. Maybe we Which do. I guess we stream. have podcast accounts, so I guess I could just use those. But um, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. Pro- I mean, look, I'm not trying to. You know, I'm trying to mix, mix business and pleasure here. Podcast is a podcast. Big booty is a big booty. Sure. Well, maybe those two could mix at some point down the cool. line. Maybe yes. it's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. That's so true. That's so true. What is your streaming service of choice, Eric? For like. Like if you're listening to music, where are you listening to music? I go Spotify. Okay, so you're a Spotify. But, but my wife has a Spotify account, hasn't given me the login information, so I'm over here being a broke boy. Listening Wait a minute, to you're using seconds. Spotify. You're not paying for Spotify Premium. There's someone no. in your house with a Spotify Premium account, and you continue to listen to commercials. Why what would I that? pay for it? Why would I pay for it if she's paying? For Why it? would you not guys not do the family thing? Because I think I don't this think is, I had Spotify this, this when horrendous. she originally signed up for it. I understand the only thing I would understand from her perspective, and I would respect if this is her reason, is she doesn't want to mess up her algorithms and have your guys' music intermixing in how maybe. They I mean, we have similar music. Playlists. I would respect that. I would well, but also that. a lot of the music is, is for is for the little ones. So half the time uh, oh, sure. trolls gr- uh, trolls just want to have fun for four yeah, hours. Tr- trolls <laughs> world tour. Yeah, trolls world tour. Yeah. Uh, um, Frozen. What is it? No, no frozen yet. Um, we also just watched the movie The Good Dinosaur. I don't know if anyone's seen that today. I cried. The good my Dinosaur. Eyes. Oh that my god, this... you're crying at the Good Dinosaur, huh? That was the saddest movie I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you what. That have was you, have you, have you done these? We might have to do like a like a, a parent segment with RDT or something. Yeah, like ask a yeah, ask a parent or yeah. 
Um, bring them on. Yeah. Have you got into Pixar movies yet, or are those like too advanced from a storytelling perspective? Kind of. She's Joe's big on Camp Cretaceous, which is <laughs> sure. this is the aren't we the, all the the kids Jurassic World like Jurassic Park spinoff on Netflix, which it's like it takes place in Jurassic Park or in the in the new Jurassic Worlds, but it's like kids and they win this contest and it's an animated one. It's so it's not Pixar, but it's 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 like animated. Um, so she watches that over and over, and now she's reciting all the lines. Dude, this you're gonna those Pixar movies are good. Oh, like I like I, I haven't got into the what is the new one Raya or um, uh, Moana. We haven't done that one yet, but uh, I'm, we're yeah. So like I'm, we're very close to that. So yeah, she's big into animal documentaries too. So that makes it easy for me. Like it's us on planet Earth, and and we'll both we'll both mm. call it a night. Mm. Paw Patrol. Uh, not really. She's not into Paw Patrol. I think we tried it a couple times. She didn't really like the whole cancel culture. <laughs> sure, sure. No, yeah, um, sure, 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 sure. That, that really turned her <laughs> off. She, yeah, she kept saying. What a stand. What a stand. Um, <laughs> there. No, there's another like dog. Uh, what is it? Puppy dog. Uh, uh, what is it? I hear the song 15 times a day. I can't remember it. Something like that on, on uh, Disney Plus, but yeah. There's yep. a lot of there's just a lot of good kid stuff out there. You're gonna be watching SpongeBob soon. Oh, I was never into SpongeBob. I was I was too mature and old Shame. when SpongeBob was out. Yeah. Shame. I think we may have told this story on this podcast. You know, last time me and Banks were together in Ocean City during normal times, we probably watched like 25 combined episodes of SpongeBob over the course of a weekend. If you just I have had a buddy a down hour at any given point, it was just you're slamming. Yeah, SpongeBob on Amazon Prime. An hour. Yeah, it was tremendous. Yeah, Late my night, buddy's doing that. He's re, he's like rewatching the series, and he's like texting me every night, being like, "You remember this episode?" And I was like, "I, I don't watch it." I didn't, we I might have to do a starting five of SpongeBob episodes. Oh my god, yeah, you just have to be unfortunately out. We find somebody to bring in to help. Oh my god, we should For do sure. that. We should do that. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Uh, appreciate uh, Marty for jumping on with us and, and giving us his social media takes. You can follow uh, you can follow Marty at Marty McFly 34. You can follow the rest of the boys. Follow Barstool Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I-22 on Twitter. You can follow me at Taylor Schmidt 10. You can follow the podcast at X52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to give us a five-star review and rating on all whatever streaming service you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's a thousand of them. I'm not going to mention them all. Um, Whatever the rate and review situation is there, uh, that always helps out the podcast. Um, And thank you to Jimmy Seafood, as normal, for uh, sponsoring the pod. Go ahead, Real quick, too. I think we're going to be doing – like so Jimmy Seafood is showing the rough and rowdy fights this Friday and the UFC, I think, on Saturday. I think I'm going to be up there for the rough and rowdy fights. If anyone, you know, I know Banks and I, we've kind of talked about this before in the past of like going to, obviously it was different times back then too, but going to, going out to a restaurant or a bar and watching these rough and rowdy fights, which if you haven't watched two rednecks from West Virginia, beat each other up on a Friday <laughs> night, I don't know what you're doing. Um, they're, they're very entertaining fights. Uh, the ring girls are, are even funnier. I think there's a pregnant ring girl this year. Oh, geez. This fight. Um, that you're normally, <laughs> yeah, God, they're treading on. They're the treading face on of disgust. Yeah, they, I, and they gotta... the, um, there was a midget, a, a small person who was Ooh. at the Jimmy Oh, Seafood. come on. He's a wrestler. Oh, no, no, he's a midget wrestler. And he was at the Jimmy Seafood Golf Tournament a couple weeks ago. So if you're familiar with with the videos from that um he's fighting in i think one of the main events so 
I may rough, be up there rough getting, and rowdy is just some I have no clue how that's not gotten canceled yet. Uh, it's, it's West Virginia, baby. It's the you know wild and wonderful. Different, it's a different world out there. So you're you're so meet up with RDT. Go to give give him a holler. Uh, at some point, we're gonna have we're, we're gonna have all of the X fifty two boys in Jimmy Seafood at one time. But we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I have not watched a rough and rowdy ever. Not uh, it will. It's a very entertaining Friday night. Thanks for shaking his head. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I'm not shaking my head. I'm nodding my head. I'm oh, nodding. Yeah. Excuse me. Wrong. You will see, you'll head. see some God awful fights and you will see some knockout. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's high entertainment. It really it is. It really is. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if high entertainment is the phrase I would use for it. I would just use it as entertainment. <laughs> some, of, some of them are, high, are highly entertaining. Um, make sure to send, I think if you send RDT, um, crab, crab cake egg rolls to his table, I'd imagine there has to be some sort of repayment in, in some way. Yeah, uh, I will grade your mock draft. And there it absolutely <laughs> is. And there, and there it absolutely is. Thank you to Jimmy Seafood. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time on the X52 podcast.